0: You're listening to the one of podcast network, one of us.net and all of the shows on it are hundred percent subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to one of us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well.
1: This is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad, and we're going to be reviewing Ode to Joy today with my colleague Ben, and hopefully
0: this uh, review keeps you all peppy and awake. Well, unless you get too happy, and then, well, that's just Martin Freeman, I'm sorry. Let's loop it back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, nothing uh, helps me go to sleep more than Ambien and being happy. That's why I never tweet anything angry on Ambien. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) <laughs> Anyways.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Miss Baller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're talking about the movie Ode to Joy, starring Martin Freeman, a quirky, uh, sick, so I can't fall in love genre comedy, which... Has its ups and sleepy downs? No, that, that was better. That, that, no, that was just getting progressively yeah. worse. <laughs> just uh, yeah, let, let me just stop the pun train and why don't you give us the synopsis of this
0: movie. Sure. Uh, so as you were saying, the movie stars Martin Freeman as Charlie, a guy with a disease called cataplexy, which I may mis- be mispronouncing, but it's a form of uh, semi-narcolepsy. We're pretty much... Uh, When your body experiences heavy emotions or strong emotions, primarily in Charlie's case, joy, but also sorrow, anger, etc. Basically, your brain shuts down, your muscles lose their strength and you can pass out uh, because of a certain chemical imbalance in the brain. Uh, So Charlie's lived his life very even keel, you know, thinks about things that are... Unhappy to try to, you know, get through day-to-day, works in the library, which he seems to like, you know, but it's not the most adventurous place to work. Uh, You know, when he walks to work, he's listening to, like, funeral march music and stuff like that and looking at the news for the most dire stuff. So it's a good thing he lives in America. He has plenty of that to go around. Womp (laughs) womp. But, uh, yeah, so... um, he relies a lot on his brother Cooper, played by Jake Lacey, to kind of be his strength or basically guide, you know, help protect him and help shield him from things. Or when he's in a big emotional situation like their sister's wedding at the start of the movie, uh, Cooper's really protecting him there. Um, and This is all going fine until, uh, you know, morena Baccarin, play, who's playing Francesca, shows up at the library. And uh, she's a very emotionally, you know, vocal woman and has a breakup with her boyfriend there where Charlie basically helps out with that. And he's like, yeah, she's really gorgeous and really funny. And I like her. And damn, this is a bad thing. So he tries to push it away. You know, things happen. She show- comes back up to apologize and everyone convinces him, look, Charlie, you're not getting any younger. You need to find someone and you seem to like this girl do it. Uh, so he decides, I'm going to hide it goes out on a date with her, and she immediately hits it off with him and says, "Hey, you want to come up and uh, well, let's not even try with the euphemism. euphemism we're, gonna, we're gonna fuck. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, and he yeah. just passes out right there, cracks his head, um, and yeah. So from there, it's just basically she. He goes, I can't be with you, and she's like, oh, I guess I gotta protect you, and uh, he makes the bad choice of telling his brother to date her, and it happens. Uh, they hook him up with Bethany, played by Melissa Rauch. Rauch. Rock.
1: I think that's how it's pronounced. She's uh, pretty famous. Yeah. In the uh, nerd circles. Especially from
0: Big Bang Theory. Um and yeah. basically she is she's one of those people who's very nice. Uh she's you know, but she's very balanced as far as like even keel she's talks in a very nice voice and you know <laughs> likes very specific granular nerdy things like you know the names of different grains from the eight from the 1600s and uh putting those things together into <laughs> a dish for you and playing the cello uh, but yeah it kind of goes from there where it's kind of the issues of he really loves francesca but uh he has her dating his brother and kind of how he's trying to get a relationship with bethany and you know the challenges of their of his disease along with that and i think where this
1: film sells on its story is both francesca and charlie martin and marina beckerin uh, Besserin, i'm not sure beckerin i don't know yeah the reason why they're not together makes perfect sense to me and maybe yeah. i'm an evil love-hating jerk but when he says i can't be with you i'm going to have a seizures make me too happy and her actually caring about Charlie totally would be like yeah of course I I don't want to hurt you either so hijinks ensue because it's a rom-com and you know you want to root for Charlie to be happiest even though it's detrimental to his health so I do think that's a really interesting love triangle
0: yeah I can agree with that and I think as far as you know, love. You know, uh, interrupted by disease. Movies. This is one of the better ones because, like, it's not like you know, Fault in Our Stars is like we're both dying. We need to, we need to find love. And like, there's been a bunch of those lately. Basically, I think that one kicked it off. This one's like, I have a disease that makes it very difficult for me to be, you know, a happy person and be uh, easy person to be around. And you know, it make and it makes it hard for me to you know, it makes it a challenge for you because you have to help care for me type of thing. And it's, I don't want to be that person, you know, and it's not like, you know, us being together is going to kill me. It's, it makes it a higher chance of that, but like, it's, it's not as (laughs) defeatist or like, you know, trying to glorify, you know, a short romance and a, you know, a, a beautiful death type of thing. Like, I feel like those movies do a lot. It's a lot more of like, you know, saying people should get to live a normal life and shouldn't, you know, close themselves off because of, you know, things in their personal life, including diseases in this case. But, you know, in general, I think that actually plays out really well in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can agree with that also. It does meet the audience in the middle. Like you said, Fault in Our Stars. That message is you're going to die. You are dead. So fall in love so it was worth something, anything. And that's horrifying and also incredibly effective. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this one, you have adversity and adversity is hard, but so is relationships. So fall in love because you deserve it, you know, and that's also a good message and not as uh, scary, I would say. Yeah. And also Martin Freeman, if you've seen him in absolutely anything, you know, he's incredibly charming. Uh, great casting. Great casting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Francesca or Miranda, because, you know, her smile could make anybody happy. She's just got one of those beaming faces. You know what I mean? But
0: Karen is just an electric personality on screen. Like, (laughs) exactly. Ever since Firefly, like, it's like, oh, you are an amazing talent. It's just like she's she's charming. She's funny. And yes, as they say a few times in the movies, like, well, damn, of course, Charlie is too happy being around you. You are gorgeous. And just. Uh, like you know, she's great in Deadpool as well for the same reason. Where it's just like she can play off comedy perfectly. She she bounces the joke back. She you know has the right energy. Uh, there's scenes in this movie where, as you said, because of the casting is Freeman and Bacary have such great chemistry that when you see them and you see why they think they should date, you're like, oh yeah, no, no, these two should be together. They they complete each other to a perfect goofy, weird, you know, nerdy person because she also like. It's like his brother's like, oh, what should I take her to? And he's like, oh, she really loves Bauhaus. And I'm like, damn, you've known her for like a week and you know she loves Bauhaus and because you actually talk to her. You're, you're that guy that actually gets deep and granular with people.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really cool that the better match for her isn't like something that's written in the stars or they just feel it in their blood and love is... You know, bringing them together, they actually get along really well because, as you said, they're both very talented actors, both both very charming, and it's written that they have not just common interests but share common uh, space. They don't run away when intimacy calls, like him letting her know about his childhood in a way, and her being able to open up about an incredibly vulnerable situation and relationship between her and her aunt these are deep connections that they're making
0: and you don't really see that that often in romantic comedies it's no and i do want to say a uh, huge call out to jane Curtin playing her aunt sylvia i've always loved jane Curtin since third rock from the sun yeah, me too and she is just <laughs> she's so wonderful as that aunt that's basically clearly she's been a new yorker her whole life as she's supposed to be because she doesn't <laughs> yeah. give a shit about anything she finds cancer just to be Oh, fuck this thing. It's screwing me with my life. I want to do this. If I'm going to die, I'm going to do the stupid shit that they never let me do. Like, he's like, well, what's on her list? Oh, she wants to blow up a Dodge Caravan with a bazooka. And he's like, well, it's like, yeah, her ex drove a Dodge Caravan. I'm like, that's the person <laughs> I want to hang out with. I'm sorry. That's good times. Like, and, and that's kind of the whole thing with this movie. Actually, I think they treat all the characters well. I mean, uh, Jake Lacey, who I didn't really know who plays Cooper, um, i guess he's in rampage an obvious child but i admittedly haven't seen those he you know they have a line where he's like oh you know cooper is that a family name he's like no actually charlie started calling me that because of the name of arch saint bernard and it's like he does kind of seem like a big lovable dog <laughs> like yeah he's, he's just goofy <laughs> and adorable and not but he's not very deep past that and that's part of the other issue and then also bethany melissa rauch or rauch uh They don't play her off as like the, oh, she's boring. So he's, you know, he's just tagging her along. I mean, yes, he's dragging along the relationship, but they give her character some actual depth, you know, some, you know, her, some of her oddities are actually really endearing or strange. Like she wants to do a sing along with her cello and she ends up singing the cranberries. And I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. (laughs) And then, like, he, and like she's not like totally asexual. Like she tries to, they try to have a sexy time where it's weird, yes, but. It's like, damn, she is. they don't play her off as not attractive. They don't play her off as, you know, frumpy. It's like, no, she's just, you know, when she has to, she's a person who has to get in that mood. She doesn't, you know, showcase her, you know, her more adventurous personality at all times. And even then, it's not even the most adventurous. And I'm like, I really love that about this movie. <laughs>
1: And I agree that there's some really good one-liners during their sexual exploits. <laughs> <laughs> and she's kind of an underrated talent. And I've always thought it interesting. Uh, the first thing me and my wife saw her in was True Blood. And she was like the gorgeous knockout in that. It oh, yeah. was trying to seduce the, I think, good old, one of them good old Christian boys. <laughs> it's been a long time, but fantastic in that. So it's really cool to see her play so many different and diverse roles where she isn't, you know, just walking into a restaurant being like, hey, boys, and everyone turns and is like, whoa. She takes some real chances with her comedy, and I think that's a testament to being a true comedian.
0: Oh, for sure. I do
1: think that the love triangle also, which I found interesting, kind of makes... Or the, the love hijinks, I'll say. It kind of makes a lot of the main characters out to be really shitty people, <laughs> and the film doesn't apologize for it, and that's pretty daring in rom-coms. Do you think it worked, or...?
0: I think largely it works. I mean, you know, the way Charlie is, ends up actually using Cooper is like, yeah, it is an incredibly shitty thing, and... Like when his brother gets mad at him, it is fully justified, and they play it mm-hmm. out as deep as it should. Uh, that, you know, there's some forgiveness there, and that also makes sense too, because his brother's like, "Look, I'm pissed at you for this, but I also get it because that's how our dynamic has always been. I want that to end, but we this is not this is something I helped foster, and while it pisses me off, I'm, we need to own it now, and I'm like. I thought, you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's a very mature way to handle it. Uh, when a lot of other movies would, you know, just let it brush off and be like, Haha, you really got me there. Eh? <laughs>
1: yeah. and Well, a lot of other movies would be especially in the comedy scene, because there's a lot of lowbrow comedies. They would say, oh, well, who cares about that person? The Weirdos deserve disdain and kind of to be used this way. So screw them. And the film never goes there. Which kind of surprised me, because there's a bunch of silly hijinks that do take place in this movie, but it never goes full mean-spirited. Yeah. But, you know, meanness does happen, but only to the result of some pretty genuine conversations about how we should all be kind to each other, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I will say another thing I really appreciate in this movie is it didn't try to do the, uh, oh, well, you should really be with Francesca, so the brother should really be with Bethany thing. It's like, no, it's not how, <laughs> yeah.
1: it's not how real relationships work. <laughs> not how work. life works. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, or you should be with who you want to be is the good message. Uh, going back to Jane Curtin, I liked that she's this character who lives in the moment, and gives good advice but she never feels like a plot crutch you know never like that uh widely old sage who is like i'm only here to tell you to to reach for love i mean certainly she does give advice to francesca that is kind of cheesy that way but she also has her own shit going on like you said yeah she seems like though she doesn't get much screen time mind you like, she has her own shit, and that matters to her. And that's, I really enjoy that. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with ancillary characters to deliver a message, but I liked that she's delivering a message and also saying, and I'm going to do
0: my shit because I got my own life going on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I also really appreciate that uh, part of that is like the writing sells it further because it's not just let me give you advice and move on. There's good comedy to that. This The scene you're talking about I love is she's like saying, no, you really need to go after love. You know, you, you, know, you go after the wrong guy because you're scared and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you gave me this advice when I was 12 and I had you know a a big buck teeth he goes yeah i was lying then you this is now it's true (laughs) you need to listen to me I'm like okay like it's a better (laughs) line than that but it's just like again it's they they have good lines that have good delivery from good talent and it just works like i just want to say um when bethany breaks up with him it's not like the regular like she's pissed off at him and they're shouting and he's like oh i'm sorry take me back it's like it's like no, uh, I was an asshole to you You're much better than, I, than deserving what I've done to you uh, And I totally get it You know, I was not being like an adult You are, we appreciate it uh, You know, have a good life It's like, yes way people should react <laughs> in the real world As opposed to in movies it, it, That's not to say the movie's perfect um, I want to say some of it is a little overdone uh, You know, it's predictable at times uh, sure. It's nothing sure. super original for these movies, and then there's also the thing that um, there's a scene that I'm not gonna fully go into, but I mentioned it to Bradley before the before our review. That basically he get he gets really upset at Cooper, and it could be you know it's supposed to be him you know finally expressing some emotion, but. The way they do it is then they make it a super life-or-death thing, and I'm like, this was unnecessary. And it also doesn't make sense with normal world physics when in a movie that's been pretty grounded, all things considered, and it kind of throws you off when they do things like that. It's not it's not super common in this movie, but uh, that with the predictability does knock it down a little bit of a notch, I think.
1: Yeah, the blow-up and all-is-lost moment, cultivated by the misunderstandings in rom-coms, it never works for me, so... That probably didn't make me as upset as it did for you, because I um, is it one of our, uh, one of us critics has always mentioned they hate the can't this be resolved by a seven second conversation issue that the rom-coms, you know, all fall and refuse to acknowledge that people can have seven second conversations and nobody has to explode, but since I never feel like the blow-up works in any of these, it didn't upset me as much. But why don't we talk more about the negatives and positives by going into our final thoughts.
0: Sure. So I think overall, I really, really like this movie. It's just, you know, I'm a big fan of a good rom-com. It, you know, cute, sweet. It, you know, tugs on your heartstrings. It is just a feel-good thing, and especially when it's done well. And, I mean, this one is done just... Exceedingly well I really think so You know It's it's not like One of the best movies I've seen this year And there are some Rom-coms that can be that But it's one of those ones I definitely think I'd like to watch again Just because I love a movie Especially a rom-com With great chemistry And great comedic timing And Like, it's not always laugh-out-loud funny, but it's just really nicely warm and humorous and touching. I I love Miranda Baccarin, as I said earlier, but mixing her with Martin Freeman, who, again, even though he's an English actor, does a great American accent, which we haven't even touched on in this movie uh, or in this review, it's just, like, mixing all that together is something I actually really like. Um, You know, yeah, I wish that it wasn't as paint-by-numbers. It could have been even better of a movie if it wasn't. But, you know, I feel like uh, Jason Weiner, uh, the director who uh, otherwise I think is mostly known, he directed uh, the new version of Arthur, which is an okay movie at best. I think this one is actually a real feather in his cap on that. Um, So I'm going to give this movie um, seven and a half out of 10 cancer patients that will let you get through this.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm echoing most of your thoughts. I didn't really get into my nitpicks at all, so I can do that now. Uh, Jake Lacey's character Cooper talks about the time he remembers when his brother was 11. His brother Charlie was 11 and something bad happened. And I'm sitting there and Ben thinking, yeah, you wouldn't have been born for a good five or six years, I bet, when Martin Freeman was 11. <laughs> so there's... The- <laughs> There's a lot of age gapping going on, and that is one of my nitpicks. And I'll admit it's a silly nitpick because people age differently. And if I ever wrote a script that was getting produced and it was about a teenager and for some reason Martin Freeman said, oh, I like this script. I'll be in it. I'll be like, awesome. You're a teenager now. That's amazing. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the chemistry a lot between the leads. I like that love isn't mystical or magical. It's the means of not living a lonely life and realizing that a lot of people, introverts included, do like the company of others and that we all kind of reach out towards each other to make these connections because human beings are social people. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the science of that any further, but I really enjoyed that. I liked the relationship he had with his family, this main character. With his girlfriend. I like that um, Francesca, the character, wasn't a pixie manic dream girl, whatever they're called. Um, Because that trope, I think, has run its course. Sure. like that she has her own struggles, her own problems, and her own desires. And her desires weren't to make Charlie the man he's supposed to be. It was... To be with Charlie, like how a relationship works. Your girlfriend or boyfriend is not a crutch or a pedestal to make you a better person. Can we just stop with that trope as well, please? I mean, anyways, before I get into more relationship (laughs) therapy rants, because I am not a therapist and I am not qualified, I'll just stop by saying I'm giving this movie seven prancing puppies around ten giggling babies.
0: That, that does remind me of like one of my other issues with this movie. That's uh, super predictable. Was like one, he sees like everything on the street and he's like, "Oh, it's too happy." I'm like, "Okay, you, like, you think you dull yourself enough? Where seeing you know a, a grandfather walking with his granddaughter down the street, or you know a middle-aged woman with her cute puppy, would not be the thing that makes you so happy you pass out? Like, really? Just yeah. like <laughs> you live in New York, you've got to be more dull to that shit if you've lived the, your whole life here. Come on."
1: Especially with that condition, I'd imagine.
0: I, I mean that, and then, you know, he's running through the hospital. and sees every single stereotype of a happy moment. It's like, no, no, I've been to hospitals. It's dour <laughs> yeah. as shit.
1: Yeah, I don't think they do that kind of physical therapy in the hallways of hospitals. So
0: <laughs> No, no, it's a lot more like uh, I picture uh, uh, Stranger Than Fiction, where the writer goes to the hospital to see the saddest shit to make her more dour in her book and kill her character easier.
1: I love Emma Thompson in that performance so much. These people are going to make it. Do you have anyone that's dying?
0: (laughs) And that's what that hospital needed. He'd be perfectly
1: fine in that hospital. Yeah, she probably has that condition and doesn't know it. Both of them.
0: She sounded too happy about them dying, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good spot.